Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, as I stare into my pint of Guinness, um, genuinely, welcome to um, Cannon Snakes, the Olympic. Ryan and Elliot's emergency podcast. Um, oh my gosh, the football world has been turned up upside down in his head. The league has been turned upside down. Uh, what do you make of this? Papu Gomez to Valencia. Uh, Sevilla. Sevilla, my bad. Um, unbelievable signing. I can't, I cannot believe they let this happen for such a small price. This is a big deal. Look, I think Atletico still win the league, but things just got interesting because, as I've repeatedly said for the last couple of years, I believe, regardless of what anyone else thinks, I believe Papu Gomez is a top 10 player in the world. I would put him somewhere between 7 and 10. Um, so on the lower end of the top 10, but I still consider him a top 10 player in the world. His intelligence, his passing, his leadership, his goal-scoring ability, his his ability to perform in big moments. And Sevilla right now sit in second place. Um, it, they still have a, a little bit distance to make up between themselves and Atletico, but this is a game-changer. Don't be surprised if uh, Sevilla make a big run in the Champions League and uh, – I think they're at least getting second place. If if this works and he he goes there from day one and is the, the same Papu Gomez I know, I thought Real Madrid are going to have a little bit of pressure if if they don't continue to perform. Um, so are you changing your pick for La Liga now? Are you not ready to go there yet? No, I mean Suarez is, is is playing out of his mind. Felix had another really good game. I think Atletico still probably should be able to hang on to it because I think they have a, a decent lead at the top. But um, I think there's a good chance that Sevilla finish ahead of Real Madrid and Barcelona and pretty much any other potential challenger um, challenger that that was sort of coming alive earlier this season. Real Sociedad teams like that. I, I just with this, if this works, uh, yeah. if I, this works, it's hard to, to imagine them finishing okay. a, anywhere below second. I think second is the very worst they can do with Papu Gomez there. And if, again, he would have to be there and be as effective as he's been in Italy. If that is the case, this things could get a little bit uncomfortable for for the boys at the top. If they, not not like over a, a collective moment of time, but a, if, if they slip, if if they underperform in a few games and they start dropping points. Then that's it's a window of opportunity, especially if Papa Gomez is playing it like he he's capable of. Yeah, do you think they are uh, Yeah, him? I mean, it, regardless of who got him, this price is ridiculous. Uh, I understand he's thirty-two years old. Um, even at thirty-two years old, he's he's worth at least fifty. Um, if Ronaldo, I mean, if, if players like Ronaldo, I know Ronaldo's like a different animal than, than Gomez is, but at third, at around the same age, he went for a hundred million. He's not as good as Ronaldo, but, um, now he is, but at the time. So this is a move that's at least a 50 million move. In my opinion, they would have got a truckload, but I think, uh, Alonso decided to not make this a messy divorce and let him go, uh, freely. Um, and that's why they were able to get this done for such a small price. Even if you're doing a discount price, this is, seems extremely low, given everything. So 7.5 Yeah, that's the number. I thought they'd at least try to get 20. Because I, th I think 20 is something that people yeah. would pay. It wouldn't be holding off a move for, for Gomez. Um, but this seems like... If this works out, and I think he's got at least three high-quality years left as a world-class player, I mean, 
that it's going to be interesting, especially this season. It's hard because he's coming in when I think they're like five points adrift um, in second. Um, but next year and the year after, I mean, it, it could be a little uncomfortable for uh, Atletico Madrid and, and what they got going right now. All right. So it's not official yet. We all know this. Um. It looks like the deal's pretty yeah, much it's, in it's place. Basi- it's basically but, done. Uh, uh, Fabrizio Romario already tweeted that here, here we go. So he's he's expected to join tomorrow afternoon. Uh, he's doing his medical stuff. I believe he's already in Spain. Um, so it's, it's basically done. Unless there's some medical issue, it should be pretty simple. It's, it's basically across the line. Yep. Um, I do have a yeah. question for you, though. Does because I don't know if you saw this report, and obviously Papa Gomez wouldn't want to leave for MLS yeah. yet, obviously. How about FC Cincinnati stepping up, though, for about a $10, $12 million offer for I Papa mean, it's Gomez? ambitious. Uh, I think Papu is at a point in his career where maybe he would consider that. I still think he would rather play in the Liga or in a, in a team where um, it, that's in Europe. But I like the ambition from them. I mean, that's probably all their funds. So the fact that they're willing to go all out tells you how good a player he actually is. And, and, you know, you can't, you can't knock them for trying. Um, I don't blame them at all. And I, I think uh, you have to, you have to look at them with, with some sense of respect because you wouldn't think he would do it, but why not go for a plunge? Why not go after it and, and, and try to do something with it? Yeah, I agree. So now that you're looking at, at the Liga, um, does this, Help the reputation of Aliyah because now I think we finally have a title race between two teams that named Barcelona. Yeah, I think, I think it helps Aliyah a lot. Uh, again, it, I mean, Real yeah, Madrid. Um, I think it helps a, a lot because I mean, it all it all depends on perception because you, me, Danielle, and others understand how good Papu Gomez is. I think there are fans throughout Europe that don't pay as much attention as Italy who may not understand that. So for the outside looking in, people may not view this as a game changer, but this is a massive deal for Sevilla, massive deal for La Liga. And now you have a very creative and a player like Papu Gomez in a team that already has so much quality. Uh, last week they had a game where uh, one of the players scored a hat trick. Uh, this team is a European you know, giant, maybe not to the extent of the Champions League, but they've won the Europa League six times. They have a good coach. Mochi, as for whatever reason, was horrible thrown, but with Sevilla, he's been one of the best, uh, uh, you know, uh, sporting directors in the world. Uh, they got everything going for them. This, you could see a title race. I'm not saying, look, with Jao Felix playing the way he is and with Suarez hitting the back of the net so consistently, I think it'd be hard for them to do it. But we have the race now, for sure. Oh, but I, I know me and you are excited for Yeah, 100%. Um, but I also, and this is no disrespect to the guy I'm about to mention, so please don't take it. Does it, just, does it show you the mentality, or at least at Real and Barca know where they are, that they didn't go and get a Papa Gomez and are center looking for a worship in a general? Yeah, I mean... To be honest, from a Roma fan, and you know how much I love Jacko, so it's it's a to- it's a toxic situation right now. I would take an eight million bid for him, and they're gonna whoever it is. I, I would guess that it's one of those two. Uh, West Ham, I think, is is 
is being ambitious and trying to get this deal, but I think that he would rather play for one of the big the, the big clubs. But it's probably at they might pay ten, they might pay twelve, they might play pay eight. Regardless, they're gonna they're gonna end up with someone who who I think has has he he can be effective and can contribute, but the price itself will probably be higher than what Sevilla just paid for 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 Alanta's best player in history. So it's just it's. It, it shows, you know, they're, they're not messing around. Yep. Um, all right. So <laughs> now on to our next topic. As we said, it's an emergency podcast because of all the moves ahead today. We saw in the transfer market this summer, big, sexy names for Chelsea. <laughs> they played it like the New York Knicks usually do. How they do their free agent signing, big, sexy names that look great on paper, but don't do a damn for anything in the long run. And it has cost, outside of John Terry, probably their greatest ever player. Um, first of all, this is why I didn't want Henri to get the job, obviously, for Arsenal. Second of all, uh, I think this is a much-deserved firing. But what is? I mean, what did I say in the summer? You're playing fantasy football, bro. I mean, you can't imagine. So, okay, first of all, let's look at this logically. You can't bring in six, seven, eight signings, put them on a field, and it'd be effective. It just doesn't work that way. There's no team in the history of football that's ever done it like that and have immediate success. All right. So doing this was a long-term gamble because you were trying to contend for the following year, not the current year. And you would thought that they would at least do okay. I didn't think they were going to finish, you know, like where they are now. I thought they'd be a, a fifth, sixth place team. And then they would go forward. Right. And next year they'd contend. But based on everything that has happened with this situation, it's just like they step so low below that. They're, what, in ninth place right now? Some ridiculous thing like that. And they had all this ambition. All this ambition. And, look, Frank Lampard, I believe he can become a good manager. This was the wrong job. Stay at Derby County or get another job. That's And he will get another job. I I have no doubt in my mind that he will. But Oh, and he's going to get a big job. I have no doubt yeah. about that. Um, right. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think – but this was a deserved firing. Um, he – I think he – there's there are some – like, for example, Pillrow, who's, who's doing decently well considering his team. Um, he I, I, When I watch him coach, he doesn't, doesn't seem like he does much other than make substitutions. Frank does communicate. He does try to put his system in place. But it, it just – it's just not effective with his team. And – Okay, so I'll say this about the two big ones are Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. Timo Werner, there's no excuses for anything. He has literally stunk it up, and um, maybe it, it looks like one of the worst contracts yeah. um, in, in the past five years. Right. And I think I think it's possible that Tuchel can rectify him a little bit. Um, but that's a hundred. That's he. It just was a bad signing, and he hasn't been good enough. So that's not on Lampard. Um, uh, Kai Havertz is. He plays him out of position. Yes, he he's not giving them the time of day for one, two. He's never playing in his his accurate position. So it's it's almost impossible for him to to be able to have a success there based on how he was played with with Lampard. Look, I'm not giving him a pass, but I I would just I would tell people to hold off judgment judgment with Kai Havertz until he's actually getting able to being able to play regularly in his natural position, not having him play on the wing or whatever Frank was doing. So I think he 
he can be rectified with the new coach if they play him in the right system, in the right position, because it's just going to be difficult playing in a, a weird position that he's not accustomed to. They paid the big money for him, and at Leverkusen, he was an attacking midfielder. He wasn't a winger. He wasn't, you know, they've done a lot of different things with him. Um, so I think he has, you can save that, but, but the, but it's, it's not that it's not just those two. It's, it's the, all the signings that they made. And last year, yeah, last year, Christian Pulisic looked like the next big star. And he has since Lampard, uh, this season with all the signings that brought in, hasn't done much. Uh, Zayic, who I really like from Ajax has had moments, but hasn't done much. Uh, the keeper that they have Mendy, I think he's decent. But again, there's just too many. Uh, how how you put it? There's too many red X's across their whole um, transfer business that it just it just was a disaster. You could have just gone after one or two signings and not try to go on this big spending spree and work with the team that you have, and then maybe you do something. You know what I mean? You could have gone for someone with inside the league, yeah. and I don't think it's uh, Werner being bad is like a scrap at the Bundesliga or any of the leagues. Even if it was a foreign player, you should get somebody in there. But just limit your signings. Make two or three instead of seven because then you have you have the same team from last year with some additions, and that would have gone smoother. But Lampard knew this was coming. Um, he's not done a good job this season. Um, I, but, again, I think he'll get another job. But this was just a bad situation from the beginning. And um, just because he was a legend doesn't mean you have to operate differently. It will be disrespectful towards Lampard and towards Chelsea for them to ha- to change their entire um, philosophy in firing and hiring coaches based on the fact that he's a legend. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a mess right now. And, it's, you know, at this point, it's hard to see if they're even going to make any European competition at all. Which I doubt they will. But, okay, the hire of Tuchel. Yeah. And... Maybe this could be our Stephen A. Max Caliber moment. I don't know. I think he is the most overrated, overhyped coach in the last few years. Let me explain. Well, nothing with Dortmund. Won the French League. whoop de do. So, I don't like this hire at all. Uh, um, I'm going to actually disagree with you there. I, I think it was the right hire. Allegri doesn't seem to – initially he was interested in England, but it seems like he's holding out for a, an Italian job that opens up. You could say the Dortmund stuff, I, I get it, um, but he has progressed individual players. Their teams, teams and players got better under his uh, advisement. Pep Guardiola has always had nice things to say about him, not that that matters. Um, but PSG, PSG never got to a final. They were, they were basically chokers, known throughout Europe as chokers. Um, and they still had Neymar and Mbappe in the past seasons under other coaches. Um, with Tuchel, they got to a Champions League final. And if we're being quite candid, for most of that game, they were the better team. Uh, Bayern did not play well. They ended up winning the game because they're Bayern Munich. But if it, if it was for certain situations, he could have won the Champions League. And I think it was criminal to fire him from PSG based on their situation where half their team had COVID and all these other things. Uh, you, could you say he's an over is – he, no. is he an overrated manager? You probably could say that. But I still think this is a good hire based on sort of <sighs> – he has German experience. His two biggest flops this season are both Bundesliga players. I feel like he'll have some idea of how to get these two guys rolling again. And if he's able to do that, if Werner starts looking like RB Leipzig Werner, then you can, you can see he's a good hire. I don't mind the hire. Um, again, 
the best available was Allegri, but Allegri was not interested. So you oh, have yeah. to just kind of go with the next best. And outside of Allegri, he was the the second best manager available. I don't know who else you go for outside of those two. Um, I don't see a, a Spalletti or a Sarri going back as a solution. So those were basically the two guys. So I, I I kind of agree with you and I kind of disagree. I think he's he you can say he's overrated, but I do like the hire because of sort of what I what I've kind of laid out here. Can yeah, I say ahead. one thing though? This this proves to me. Well, first of all, there's two things that are for me. Allegri will not coach in England within the next five years. Probably not. He, I think he wants. To be honest, I think he wants either the national, the Italy national team job, the Inter job, or the Roma job. Um, I think he'd take the Roma job. Just yeah. His, we have to see yeah. how the end of that the season goes, but I, I think that's his preference because he sees himself in Italy. Doesn't have to learn a new language. He'll have. He'll have the, the young pieces that Roma have with Zaniolo back. I think that entices him. And that's why he was initially interested in the job um, at the beginning of the season before, um, before you know, before what happened happened. But um, I, would, I, would, I would guess that's yeah, what he wants. Because, um, I, I, you see, I figured every time a big job opens up, we always talk about him. I figured the moment I knew he was either – he was staying in Italy actually this year was when the PSG job opened up and – he did not take it. You know, I don't even know if he was interviewed or not. That was the fl- that was the moment right there. I realized, oh crap, he could have coached Neymar. You know, Mbappe, all those guys tried to win the European Cup, which is like the only major trophy that's littered him, and he didn't take yeah. that job. Um, I do have a problem though. With the the, the what a reason is, as soon as uh, Tuchel got fired from uh, PSG, I knew he was going to Chelsea. I mean. Couldn't you see yeah, the writing on the wall? Uh, yeah, pretty much? it was it was going to be Chelsea. Or at the time of the firing, Man United were still playing well, so the Man United basically were off the table, and it was it was either going to be Chelsea or he was just going to wait a year and then and then figure it out. Yeah, and I will say this: I do think, and this is because Ole's doing so well, especially if United win the league. I do think if United were. Obviously, you can't get rid of Ole now. I do think if United would have flopped, that would have been the Allegra job. Yeah, I think that's the only job he'd really be interested in. He wants a club with with great history and, and components. And uh, and obviously, I think and I might be being, being a little objective here. The the Chelsea job has talent with Pulisic and Zayic and Werner and Havertz. So there's a lot of good pieces there. Um, I just think Allegri knows more about the likes of Pellegrini, Abanez, Mancini, and Zaniolo. So I think for the Roma argument for Allegri, I think he's more likely to want that job because of what he knows about him. Where Tuchel, you look at um, Chelsea, uh, Christian Pulisic made his big uh, Dortmund entrance under Tuchel. Tuchel knows about he knows how to to, to coach against. Uh, uh, Werner and he was he was in Germany when Kai Havertz started becoming you know that 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 you know that that outstanding pl- creative player in the midfield with Leverkusen. So he knows these pieces, and he knows some of the other pieces within the team that he can. He'll have a plan of how he can approach it. Where Allegri is more likely to get the best out of the Roma talent versus the Chelsea talent, and I think that's another reason why. Um, Allegri is just kind of staying put. Um, if I, I would doubt that Roma make a change this season, but at the end of the season, depending on what happens, I think that could be the job that he's sort of looking at for 
um, that might open up depending what what they decide. But but I think you're right. The Chelsea job makes more sense for Tuchel than it does for for Allegri. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I to be honest, I don't think I think Allegri's option at the end of the year. Will, and I'm going to record right now as much as I'd say I do think Inter will end up winning the league. Um, I think AC Milan are still maybe a year or two away. And if if Inter win the league, they're not Conte staying for at least another two yeah. years. So, you know, I, I think his options at the end of the year are going to be Roma or the national team job, and we'll see. Who knows? I I can't imagine at only fifty, right? He's done managing. No, he's he done. Only- he's already like, you know what I feel about him. I think he's one of the best in the world. Um, there's a reason his Juve went to two Champions League finals, and Conte's Juve didn't, for example, or uh, you know stuff like that. And he he lost to MSN Barcelona, and the the I think year two of the 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 Real Madrid three peak team. If it was under other circumstances and didn't have to play those two particular teams, he could have won two Champions League trophies. So there's no way he's done. He's still he's still fighting for that and wants that sort of mentality where he can go and build a team. And I think he likes the idea of building it because if you look at his career, I know you're not as familiar with his stuff prior. He went to um, he went to Sassuolo, built them um, a little bit. I mean, Diofrancesco got a lot of credit for bringing them to relevance and then he did some nice stuff with Calgary and the other and some of the other places he has been but w- when he arrived at Juve and when he arrived at these others the, there was the work to do and he he had units of players where he was trying to elevate and I think he finds that more enticing than having to go to a Chelsea he could he would have been great at Chelsea but I don't I don't think he needs uh, Abramovich um that pressure not that he can't handle it but I, I just I don't think he'd be someone who would answer to Abramovich because he's done so much in his his manager career that he wouldn't want taking orders from from a, you know a billionaire owner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who? By the way, uh, Abramovich, as we all know, probably has the most love hate relationship with Chelsea fans. I mean, they love him because all the trophies he brought. They hate him but because of everything. Do you think he? Do you, do you think he's coming back? Do you think he's coming back to be the trigger happy Abramovich that we all know and love? Um, he'll he'll be happy as long as his team is winning. If his team is winning, he'll be happy as a yeah. clown. When they st- when it goes south, he's gonna he's gonna be angry. Um, but I, I think Tuchel will. No, that's what I mean. How long is Tuchel gonna last? I, like, if you had to put a number on it, I don't know. I, I think at least a year. I think Tuchel look. The Bundesliga point is what I'm trying to highlight here over and over again, but but he can get the best out of the Bundesliga players that they have at that team. Though he'll find a way to to get the results. He's a quality. He's a good manager that has the qualities of being a success in the Premier League. But Abramovich doesn't do three teams or managers don't stay there for three, four, or five years. You know what I mean? Angelotti won uh, yeah. the league and then finished second and got fired. Um, again, it was a different Chelsea, but still, I think I think he'll last at least a year. Um, we'll see what he can do, but I would expect at least at the very least this season. This season's dead. This season is totally dead. But but I would I would guess that we'll see a new improve, not new improve, but uh, we'll see Havertz. And I don't know about Warner. He's in such a bad place right now. But I, I would I think Havertz and Pulisic will find some life during the second half of the season, based on the fact that. 
he has worked with these types of players in Germany, and that's where his greatest success has been, arguably, at least from an individual development perspective. So among those components, I think we'll see improvements from within the team. But I think next year, is the, the you shouldn't judge what he does until next year because the team is already kind of cooked based on how bad the season has gone. Sure. Um, speaking of cook teams, and this is a question that I didn't even fancy yeah. asking you um, at the start of this year, and I think you know where this is going. Um, Jurgen mm-hmm. Klopp, do you think he looks for another job at the end of the season? I think the fact that he won the league in the Champions League uh, changes things a little bit because – but, but it's not been good, man. I mean, it's it's been a disaster. Uh, again, I think Liverpool finished in the top four, but they literally may get fourth. And I think they Liverpool should be in panic now because their front three are not communicating at a high level. They're not they're not on the same page. Again, this is this is I would say this is the most delusional point of view from from Liverpool fans. A lot of Liverpool fans believe that if they sign Mbappe, it will fix all their problems. No, that's not your issue because, the, again, there's, there's a certain chemistry, and those three are capable of re- reigniting that and becoming that, that thing. But So signing a big thing like that isn't going to solve your problems. Uh, they need some stuff to go on. But if they finish fourth and a big job is available or open, I think Klopp will consider it as much as Liverpool fans will not want to hear that. It's something that they're going to try to go after, at least to a certain respect. And, but again, if I don't think Liverpool will make a decision on Klopp, I think Klopp will make a decision on his Liverpool future. Based, no, that's what I mean. And and Samway, because I know a lot of Liverpool fans listen to this. Me and you are not implying he's going to get no, fired no. at all. We are just implying because that'd be insane. We're just implying. Do you think after this year? Because, I mean. And this one, they just lost their biggest rivals in the FA Cup. I don't think winning an FA Cup as great as much as I love the trophy would be like enough to say I still haven't done that yet because he's done everything else. For Pretty me. much, yeah. You know, and uh, I, and we're not suggesting that he should be fired because he definitely should not be fired. But what I'm kind of highlighting here is the fact that he sh- he will consider something if the season goes poorly and a particular job opens up. And he's been on record the whole time. He said, basically from the jump, he's not going to be here forever. He's never doing that. He was asked a question in some interview thing about uh, Wenger's 20 years or whatever, um, and they asked if he could see himself at Liverpool the rest of his career. He said no. So he said that it's impossible. So eventually he's going to leave. It just depends on what he needs, feels like he needs to achieve to be able to now feel like he needs something else. Um, so I don't think he, he, he leaves, but I think he, he thinks about it. But if a big job opens up, if Real Madrid's door is open this summer, you damn well Klopp is going to be interested in something like that and maybe even consider it. I'm not saying it happens, but it's something that will weigh on his mind. If the season go poorly, they finish third, fourth, whatever, and this job opens up, it will, Klopp will be somewhat involved in that decision, I feel like. Yeah, and Liverpool do have their next manager. He's managing in Glasgow. Um, he's managing Rangers right now. I mean, you, you would agree. I, I wouldn't do it, but I think that's what's that, that it's inevitable that, that will happen. Yeah, um, which, you know, it's Liverpool's biggest, probably Liverpool's greatest player 
since Kenny Danglish coming in after the greatest manager since Kenny Danglish. Yeah. So, you know, it, it'll be it'll be an awkward situation to say the least. I wanted if I was Gerard, I'd wait for the next guy to come in for a year and a half flop, then get fired, then I, take the job. Yeah. You know? I, to be honest, if if Gerard wins the league, I this might sound crazy. I might look for a, another job in one of the either probably England somewhere in England. Some, something that he can sort of build the groundwork because I, I just – I wouldn't feel comfortable with the, the, the thing where he Klopp goes and they just hire Gerard off the bat. He's, he's done really well at your Rangers, but I feel like he needs another job to, to sort of justify that decision more. Not that they wouldn't make that decision, but I think I would like to see Klopp in another route before he goes – who eventually goes to that job. And I think eventually he will be the manager, but I'd like to see him do another job some, in England, preferably the Premier League. Um, before uh, he gets the big job, <laughs> yeah, or the championship, like Sheffield yeah, United, be, I think that's fine. I think as long as it's the championship, um, primarily championship, whatever, uh, a, a, either a high level team in the championship or a, a mid table team in Italy, like uh, or sorry, England, like uh, Southampton or Leicester. And Leicester's not getting rid of Rodgers, but something like that do that for a couple of years and then get the Liverpool job because I don't think you can justify enough uh, success at Celtic or not of at Rangers to sort of go from Rangers to Liverpool. I think it's too big of a jump. And I think you need something in between those two. Yeah, but we all know it's it inevitable. He will be that man- manager. And I, I kind of fear a similar thing that we saw with Lampard. I, I think Jared's a better manager than Lampard. But I would say at this moment, I think it would be unfair. It would be unfair expectations, and that they would be sky high. And I'm not sure at this point he's ready to take on that type of pressure. Sure. All right, um, Jordan Morris, another big, big news. Yeah, I mean, you're you're happy. Yeah, you? it's it's good for the whole thing. I mean. We we our thing was he needs to play in Europe to get himself on the national team to be able to play. Um, it's it's a good thing for American uh, soccer. Uh, you see Western McKinney balling out. Uh, you see Tyler Adams just scored his first Bundesliga goal. You have uh, um, a young nineteen year old right back from FC Dallas joining Roma in a couple of days, and now you have Jordan Morris finally coming up to his senses and doing that. I just wish he had made this decision four years ago where he could have been playing in the Bundesliga on a regular basis, and I think he'd be a better player. But this is perfect. Swansea needs something like that. Um, it's, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's a loan with an option to buy, and that's what I love about this deal. Uh, if it's, Which they probably No, there's will. no questions. I think it's like $7 million. It's not a lot. So, yeah. And I, I'm so glad about this because doing a, just a dry loan, I don't feel comfortable with just because – it gives an opportunity for him to back out next year or Swansea not, not trying to, they would have to try to negotiate a permanent transfer, et cetera, et cetera. But it would be, it, I, I believe it's reported about 7 million on a loan deal. Um, yeah. I think it's perfect for, for Morris. He needs that experience um, and helping get uh, the Swansea back to the Premier League. And even if, the, even if he goes at this move and it doesn't go out the same way, he'll have, He'll have experience in Europe and will give an opportunity for a different team to go and get him or something like that. But this is this is perfect for Morris, and I, I'm happy for him because uh, I struggled with him rejecting Werner Brennan, um, who actually signed someone in ex- instead 
of um, Morris at that time. And that player is one of the most, one of the most touted Bundesliga stars that there is right now. So my frustration with that is that could have been Morris. Um, so this, this, I can't remember his name, but this Bundesliga player that they signed instead during that uh, transfer window a few years ago, he ended up becoming one of the, the a bright talent that a lot of the bigger Bundesliga teams are interested in, as well as uh, several uh, teams throughout Europe. Um, so it could have been he could have made a bigger mark had he made this decision earlier. But better late than never. He made the decision. It was the right decision. He's going to the championship, and I think he's going to do well. Yep. Um, other news: uh, you obviously could tell that Inter Miami just become the David Beckham boys club. They hired Phil Devil as the manager, uh, Gary's brother, Man United legend, all that, all the good stuff. Um, what do you make uh, of this? I mean, I, I guess it's nice that high-profile managers are starting to come to the MLS, at least names. But I mean, seriously, like it, it seems like they're playing the MLS version of um, M of uh, fantasy football. Iguahim, you know, my tweeting. Um, maybe, maybe go out and get an Ed and Jekko, which wouldn't surprise me at this point. Bringing Phil Neville. I mean, what do you think? Like, honestly, uh, no, this, this, I, I suspect that Beckham knows what he's doing. But I think he's he's being too lenient on people he knows, and he should start. He should he should have just gone in a different direction. Um, look, if you can get Higuain going, this team can be very good. I don't care how old he is; he's capable of putting goals in the back of the net. Um, and I think he's only he's only scored two goals in nine games or something like that. But but Higuain is is certainly capable of of turning it on. But I don't know. It's just it's just this thing. Phil Neville he coached the. Um, the, the England women did decently well. But for those of you who don't follow women's football, the England women are loaded. It's not like if, – if he wasn't there, it's not like Lucy Bronze and Ellen White and players like that are not going to be playing at a high level. They would have got to that semifinal last year with or without him as coach. Um, so I, I don't make much of this just because I think that, um, you know, it's MLS and, and – the, the thing they had to do is get Higuain scoring goals. That's going to do anything. And I don't think it's, it's one of those things where, like, is, is he going to just hang on every word that Phil Neville says when Higuain's had a much more, at least, not maybe not through accomplishment, but in terms of ability, a, a much more productive career, and his management CV isn't amazing. So Higuain, is, is, if, he's not going to look at Phil Neville's like, I'm going to run for, uh, through a wall for that guy. I'm like, I'm going to try to score goals and, and help this team win games, and that's it. So, yeah, it, it, it's like one of those, eh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, all right. Um, Man United, top of the league. Man United, top of the league. <laughs> They're going to stay there, though. Um, I don't know. I kind of – I would love to see the reaction if they went and won the league. Um, I understand I don't have to apologize, but just to see the reaction of the, all the other teams around the league, especially how they started, and old Gooding Solskjaer almost got fired like four times this season. For him to like rebound off of all that and go win the league would be would be great. Um, and uh, uh, I don't know. Look, if Pep's um, city is, is within distance of them, um, if, if you're giving me one, I'm taking Pep. So – I'm picking City to win the league, but just because of Pep Guardiola. I think Man, Man United are capable of it, but I think, again, Pep Guardiola is the best manager in the world, and if, if he can get his team rolling and moving, and they're, they, they're on a really good run right now, 
they'll get into it and they'll find a way to win the league, um, which will only heighten Pep's legacy in the Premier League uh, because that would have been his third uh, Premier League title. Um, but I think Ole and, the, and the, the, the boys do have a chance to pull this off. Um, it may not have been – it may not be a, a particularly strong Premier League, but if, you know, you win a Premier League title, you win it. And it doesn't matter how strong it is or, or how weak it is. So I think uh, they're going to be in it. I have more faith in them right now in Liverpool. And I think they're, they're going to be right there with Man City. But, again, I would, uh, I would take City in if, if I had to pick one. Yeah. All right. Uh, more questions. Steve Bruce's Newcastle is an absolute disaster. Where? Um, I know they're in the safety zone, but it, it's 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 become a point where um, first of all, the team needs to be sold, which you'd 100 yeah, percent. Look, I was in the Newcastle situation just a year ago with Roma. Uh, it was just a bad situation and we want them to be sold and we needed the. And then here's the thing that I would tell people who are who are supporting Newcastle or a team that they like to be sold. It's amazing how much ownership can change something. You know what I mean? Even the little things. Look, Roma are having a great season. It's not because of the, the sale, but it certainly helps. Every Roma game, home and away, our two owners are in the, in the stadium um, watching the games. They're at every game. I don't ever see Michael Ashley at any games, whether it's a COVID season or not a COVID season. Um, so getting a new owner or just somebody who's willing to not even the financial takeover thing where they're going to have a gazillion dollars, just someone different. Who's going to actually put their time and effort into the club. Um, like, like we've seen with Roma this, this summer when they, when they did their sale. Um, so first and foremost, sell, sell the club. Secondly, um, Steve Bruce never should have got that job. You went from Rafa Benitez, a champions league winner to Steve Bruce. It's just, uh, it's a bit of a joke. Slam. It's just it's so disrespectful to Rafa just because of what he was able to do. And it's the it's one of the biggest downgrades I've seen. Again, I don't know who you get to do the Newcastle job, but assumingly you can get somebody out there that is qualified to do it. And I don't necessarily think you have to stick in England. There there are La Liga coaches, there are coaches in Italy and Germany that all are capable of this. Um personally, I think if and again, it just it all depends on Champions League places. But but if if Union Berlin don't make the Champions League and they finish, but they finish in the top six, I would go get them because he's been incredible for, for uh, the, the manager over there can be credible for them. And there's obviously other managers in England that would do a good job, but they need somebody else because this team has been underperforming for the last decade. I understand they also don't have the players like DeAndre Elden. He ain't even played for the US Men's National yeah. Team anymore. He's a cast you know, point. It, it, it's it, it's embarrassing, and they used to remember they used to have Alan Shearer. Don't forget that they used to be a top four team all the time. You know, and I get they have they've only won four league titles, and they were in the 1900s, but they still have won the league. I mean, they're a club with a ton of history, FA Cups galore, league titles, everything. So you know, it's it's becoming an embarrassing situation. Yeah, I agree. I think they just need some sort of solution to the this issue and. Again, it starts with selling the club. Again, I'll say it again. Selling the club is going to make such a difference um, because Mac, Mike Ashley is not there to do anything except fill his pockets with cash. He doesn't go to the games. He's not. He's not. He doesn't make decisions in the football uh, sense of things, and he he just makes horrible decisions in that respect. For you know, for the most part, and um, 
Yeah, you're right. I've seen Newcastle uh, play a few times this season. I'm not going to say I've seen them a bunch, but I've seen them enough to say they, they just don't have quality. There's, I don't look in that team and say, oh, I'd like – because usually when you're watching a game, regardless of the league or or the teams, there's always one player from, from one of these teams that you look and while you're watching is like, oh, I, I, my team could use a player like that. There's not anybody in that team that I'm that I would be even remotely interested in, and I don't think anybody would be remotely interested in, in any of those those players. They just don't have the quality in their squad, and that may not be their whole, entirely their fault, but they made bad decisions that has led to the the squad being what it is. Speaking of a squad that has zero quality in them, actually, we're talking about two. Uh, Look, the cons who own the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, obviously the, the son, Tony's more focused on his fake wrestling match company, AEW. Yeah. Um, I don't think the dad really cares. He just owns a football team, known a football team. Uh, they're great people. Um, but if you're a Fulham fan and they were, don't forget, they were in the year, the, the UEFA Cup final in 2006. How in the, the hell? What I mean, once again, another club, yo-yo, terrible. Like, what do you see here? Like this used, to, and I'm not saying Fulham was ever a club because let's be honest, they've won enough of their history. But historically, they are a team that can make some noise in the first division, and they haven't been able to do that since I think 2012, maybe. Um, they've gone up, down, up, down, and they're obviously going down again this year. But what do you say? Uh, this, this is a disaster situation. Um, England seems to have a lot of yo-yo clubs, but Fulham seems to be the one that keeps popping up and going right back down. And it's not just like oh. Oops, we didn't. We, we tried our best and we went down. It's like they get promoted, they humiliate themselves for 38 games and go back down. Then they get promoted and it's 38 games of, of embarrassment and they go back down. It's not one of these teams that are a yo-yo club, but fight fight by the skin of their teeth to try to to stay in the league and do all these things. And and because there there are like certain teams where that they go up like a West Brom. Yeah, uh, the West Brom or like um, in Italy like a uh, Cortone, Benevento, or teams like that, where it's just like you have uh, – you have a, you can see these teams and you can say, I have a certain respect for that team because literally they're trying everything they can to win. For teams like West Brom and Cortone, frankly, they don't have the quality. They're not good enough. But you know what? They give everything. You can watch a team get wiped 5-2 and think to yourself, they, get, they still tried – their best. They gave everything they could to try to keep stay in this game. They just don't have the quality, and the said opponent just overwhelmed them. But then you have a team like Fulham that just shows up and gets bolt raced, and you can get bolt raced with the the optimism of uh, again, like a West Brom Catrone. They work their butt off and try to get points. Where you have a Fulham who just kind of shows up and gets whacked. Yeah, uh, another team that's been showing up and getting whacked. Enter finished eighth in the Premier League. Sheffield United with five points. Oh, what what in the literal – what happened? <laughs> to be honest, I, I could ask you the same question because I'm not actually sure. They were on the verge of Europa League uh, football, and now they're uh, – and I say this with, with all respect for Sheffield United, and uh, but they're worse than Parma. And, and for those of you who don't know, Parma are the 19th in Italy right now. They can't score a goal. They have not figured out the concept of putting a goal in the back of the net. And even Sheffield United looks worse than them. And if, if you're talking just based on performance and what you've seen from some of the lower or the, the bad teams, Schalke obviously seems like the worst thing going. But outside of that, Parma and and uh, Sheffield just don't <laughs> look. 
when when you're comparing these two, and I, I'm not trying to compare them, but Parma can't score, and they still look better than Sheffield United. You know what I mean? It's just like it's been a disaster. I don't I don't understand how this is possible because they have decent players in their team. They just can't they can't pick up points for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, speaking of a team that picked up points, and I don't mean to segue in, we're going actually uh, – this is on scripted because it's emergency, but this is better than I thought. Really good. Florentina finally picked up a win this weekend. Yeah. Um, me and Danielle joked earlier. Probably won't last, but uh, you know what? They're an inconsistent team. We go through this thing every year where they're supposed to be this, this next great thing, and then, you know, other, other collapse, they, they unfulfill themselves. And they've, they've come up short in that respect again. But they have a lot of good players there. They have talented players that everyone's interested in. Um, Vladovic is on fire right now. Maybe not a name that everybody knows, but someone – if your team needs a striker, this kid, is he's got it. He's only 20 years old. I think he's got like eight goals in the league this season. Um, Fiorentina is not an overly great team, and I think they need a real manager up there. But, uh, you know, after sort of some – it's consistent. And they got – they got actually last week they lost 6-0 to Napoli. Um, so to get back on the right track – and they're in 12th place. Um, there's, there's a little distance between themselves and the, the teams in front of them. But they they kind of like scoped themselves out of the bottom part of the table, and I never thought that they were going to get relegated. But they were started really badly, and they're they kind of are clicking the last couple of weeks. And you know, against a Napoli game was you throw that one out, but they beat Juventus. They got a good point following that. Uh, then there was a Napoli game, and then they they you know they they picked up points here. So they're doing a good job. I, I don't think this lasts, but. They're doing enough to keep themselves out of harm's way while trying to keep themselves in that section of the table. And by the way, um, I, I saw a stat this weekend. I think Roma have won how many games have gone undefeated, like not even Drew against how many straight games against newly promoted teams? 20, 20, 24 games straight, which I think goes um, – it might be 25, actually, um, which I think um, point-wise goes up to, I think, uh, 72 points. So enough to, to, to right. get chances. <laughs> so people can give you crap all you want out of their newly promoted. Listen, that's six wins every year. That's like if you had a couple of draws, that's almost enough to keep you up in a league, you know, just off of newly promoted teams alone. Uh, I, and I don't care what anybody said. I'm impressed. Yeah, by but gutsy win four three. Uh, what do you think, though? The thing is, and and people can say, oh, they're newly promoted teams. Verona is a newly promoted team last year. They finished ninth. There was, uh, there's, there's always one or two of these teams that bites off more than they should chew, and they really perform well. Spezia, uh, I'm not going to get into what happened with, in the cup game between us on Tuesday, but uh, with all that craziness. But, but again, they they had they had not lost a game, and I think they had four games in a row without a loss. This team beat Napoli this season. This team has taken points off quite a few, you know, not big teams, but mediocre uh, mid-table teams. Then you have Verona, um, and and I'm not counting the, the forfeit as as part of this thing because I, I don't think that that's that's fair um, as far as that. No, it's not um, because it, it had nothing to do with ha- what happened on the pitch. Um, anyway, so so Verona, um, actually no, they weren't newly promoted this year, so it doesn't matter. Um, but it seems like Verona last year where they gave us a hard games and then us scraping match this weekend uh, four we we're up. 3-1, they drew it back because of some spotty defending. They score in the 90th minute, and I'm thinking the streak is over, and then 
Uh, new Roma captain Lorenzo Pellegrini comes up with the goal, but but it, it is really difficult because some of these bottom teams that come in are difficult to play. They're never easy, and I'm not saying in other leagues they're simple either, but um, or more easy than Italy. But but just if you just think about how many points they've collected against newly promoted teams. In the history of Italian football, no team has gone on a run like this. And I don't care if it's a newly promoted record. It is wildly impressive considering that they're, these types of teams are trying to fight to keep their lives. Yeah, and, you know, it also is impressive because look where Roma is right now. They're fighting for a Champions League spot. Yeah. If they continue to streak and go 6-0 against these teams, that's the difference between 5th and 4th. And, and think about this. Roma have dropped every point that they have dropped or every loss they've taken that wasn't in, didn't result in a victory. It's, I mean, this is not a, this kind of a backhanded, backhanded compliment, but all of those are the big teams. They haven't dropped any, they ha- haven't dropped a point to any team that's not in the top six right now. So they're beating every other team in the league except, um, you know, the Inters. Uh, actually, we got a point against Inter and AC Milan and Juventus, but like Napoli, Alonso, uh, Sassuolo, teams like that who are actually doing really well this season. So that's that's another thing to consider. Plus, they're just playing well. It was a rough week last week with the, the elimination of Copa Italia and then the, the Derby and some of the other stuff that happened before that. And four points of, of a possible 21 against the big team is terrible. But still, if they win every other game except those games, they're still they're going to end up in the Champions League spot. They just are, and they have they have they have to feel good about the season as much as we kind of overreacted to the coach thing, uh, you know, last week. Yeah, and I, I assume you you'd be pleased with fourth place finish. Yes, I, I think I think I would be pleased with fourth place finish. Um, but to be honest, I expect Rome to get third. Um, Unless Juventus really turns it on, um, I think they can do it. Um, I do think they'll finish again in front of Lazio um, and some of these other teams that are trying to fight for it and Alanta and those boys. But um, I think that they should be able to do that. Um, it all depends what happens in the Napoli-Juventus game, which is the game that both of those teams have in hand. Um, if if Roma still remain in third after that, um, it's gonna really, I think it really, could really come down to the Juventus-Roma game uh, in a couple weeks, and that could really determine whether they finish third or fourth. But I think it's—I wouldn't say it's a done deal, but I think the teams that are in the top four right now are the teams that will end up finishing in the top four. The order, I'm not sure, but the the Champions League teams, as far as I, I'm concerned, I think will be Inter, AC Milan, Roma, and Juventus. Those are the four. I don't think Napoli get back into it. Their coach is on the verge of being fired, which I don't agree with. And then you have Atlanta, who only play well against big teams, but like drop points to the teams, in the relegation zone. And then you have Sassuolo who started well, but are frauds. They're now all the way down to, I think ninth. Um, and out of that conversation. So lots of are playing well as well. They can kind of maybe get themselves into it, but the four that are in fourth, the four teams right now should be the four teams that finished in those spots. Uh, the order could be mixed up, but those are the four, I believe. All right, uh, Guru. Um, one more question for you in the night, and this will be probably about a ten-minute answer. Okay. So I want you to really break this down. Who's going to win Syria and break down Inter and AC? All right. And by the way, uh, just so you know, we should pre- you and me should make predictions for tomorrow because Inter and AC Milan play in the Coppa Italia quarterfinals tomorrow. Um, so I just want to put that out there. Um, it, it's a difficult one um, because. 
it's it's just challenging because uh, AC Milan are proven that they they have the capabilities to do it, um, but they also looked like garbage against uh, Atlanta. Sure. Um, and in addition to that, Zlatan kind of made himself look like a clown um, for. Um, <laughs> do, do, you, do you know what happened? Because I can tell you real quick if you want. Yeah, tell me because I just laughed at the cloud remark because I'm assuming he <laughs> rated about. Yeah, so so what happened was uh, Zabata. So we, we know Duo on Zabata, one of the most underrated strikers in Europe. Um, Atlanta are playing really well. I, I think at this point it was maybe 1 0, or I think maybe it was still 0 0. Zlata makes some like falling action in the box. Um, and Zabata basically said, um, what do you do? What are you trying to do? Get, earn your th- 14th penalty this season? Something like that. I'm just paraphrasing because I don't know the exact quote. Um, and then, and then Zlatan um, said, I, I have more goals than you have games. And then, <laughs> then Alanta, Alanta score once, second, and a third time. <laughs> and so it's just like, that's just who Zlatan is. He's always going to have those remarks regardless of the scoreboard. But the fact that they got rinsed, and th- those little comments were made just makes it just makes him look foolish because oh I but because you know yes he has more goals than he has games but that doesn't matter right now what matters right now is AC Milan continuing to play well and Alanta not beating the brakes off of them and they literally beat the brakes off of them in a three no victory Alanta the funny thing about this is Alanta have more points against the top six than any team in the league. And again, it's the problems with everything else. But I just, I just thought Zlatan made himself look ridiculous with his comments and the result of the comments because of what transpired after he said it. So um, maybe it's in the motivation. But anyway, to get to get back to the, to the question, um, it's difficult because AC Milan are playing outperforming this season. I don't think anyone expected the the title race to be between AC Milan and Inter. Inter, I think we all suspected would be there. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard to say because Inter have had – AC Milan have given opportunities to Inter for them to come up big in, in three different opportunities to go top of the league. Uh, one of them I don't put on Inter because it was because Lazio took off – took away t- – sorry, took off Kiro Mobley and Malinka the Savage in a, in a 2-2 game with AC Milan in which AC Milan scored a late winner that won them that game. So Inter Milan were on top of the league for just that moment. And then against Sampdoria, they could have gone top of the league, blew it. And then this weekend, a 0-0 with Udinese, who played really well, on top of the league, blew it. So my thought is, there's no way that if, this, if an opportunity presents itself again, that Inter will, will, will blow it up. Because I think that it's not, it, just, it make, doesn't make them look good, but I feel like it's, it's almost inevitable that once they get over that hump where, um, you know, that, that Inter can get up to that place where Milan drop and, uh, and Inter go up and, and get points, if that happens and they can make that, that move where they do go top of the league, at least temporarily, I think once that happens, it'll be a road to the title because I think they'll get over that, that first, you know, hiccup or whatever you want to call it. With AC Milan, Equally, I do think they can still win it because Inter have underperformed when they've given them opportunities, but they have not looked good in the last couple of weeks. They were good against Torino. Uh, the Juventus game, I'm not putting that on them because uh, because they didn't have Zlatan. They didn't have Rebic. They had, they had a very unorthodox team, and they still were in the game, at least to a certain extent. Um, Juventus is heating up, but I think AC Milan has the capabilities to keep it going. 
But in the end, I do think AC Milan will fold and Inter Milan will have an opportunity to sort of propel themselves into that place. And But again, this entire title race is, coming, is going to come down to February 20th, AC Milan, Inter Milan, the second derby. The, the game tomorrow is, is important, but for the title race, the... I was about to ask. Go ahead. Can, can we talk about the game tomorrow? So, I think Man United could have literally destroyed Liverpool season yeah. um, on Sunday. That's fair, right? Yeah, I agree. They lose one of the biggest rivalry games in England, knocked out of a cup final. Mm-hmm. If AC Milan go out and absolutely wipe the floor with Inter and embarrass them, how much momentum does that give AC Milan? A, like, honestly? a ton. It's psychological. Again, I think it comes down to February 20th, but the Derby t- tomorrow is very defining because – Inter gets into a semifinal. Now, if Inter, look, oh, if Inter can get to a semifinal, I think they'll win the whole thing. If Inter win tomorrow, they win the Copa Italia, in my opinion, because uh, you're looking at Lazio, you're looking at Atlanta. Those two teams, I don't think, can win the Copa Italia. Then look at Juventus. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see the the match that they just played, but uh, last week, but. Juventus were outplayed significantly. They were dominated. It was a humiliating performance. They have that upper hand now in that matchup, and I think they'll have a good chance of winning that matchup round two. So because of this, I I think AC Milan is their biggest threat in terms of winning the Copa Italia. So if they win tomorrow, I think Inter will not only win the Copa Italia, I think they'll win the league. But again, if they don't win tomorrow, that doesn't mean necessarily – that they're not going to win the league. It's I think it's going to come down to uh, tw- the twentieth of February, and after the, the the their second derby, then it gives clarity and maybe AC Milan get back into it. But my fear with AC Milan is I feel like they'll win a game and then they'll lose they'll lose a big game and then they'll collapse down the stretch. And I think Inter Milan because we rat all this all the stuff on Antonio Conte. Antonio Conte knows how to win leagues. Um, as, as poor as he's been in the Cups and in Europe. Um, if So in that advantage, as much as Pioli has been f- fantastic this season, I think it's advantage enter if they sort of get into that situation where AC Milan uh, win a game and then they kind of crumble the next game or the next two games or something like that, or they play poorly. It's, it's basically – it's AC Milan's title to lose. But if they fall up short or they collapse or something, they're giving Inter a, a, the opportunity to, to jump them. So Inter basically have to wait for something to happen, and then they should they have to win their game to get into that situation. Uh, I, I think it's two points right now. It's very close. It's going to be a title race between these two. I don't see a third party getting into it. I don't think Roma get into it. I don't think Juventus get into it. It's going to be between those two. And it's going to come down to how each team is going to react when they play poorly against uh, another team just because of the momentum factor and psychologically they have to be sharp. So it's mental strength is going to win this league more than the, the players on the pitch. Why are Inter changing their name, by the way, in match? I have no idea. It, I think it's – so I don't know this as much as Danielle. According to what Danielle has said, um, also there's another thing I have to bring about into that. I just found it recently. Um that they're trying to, they're, the, the management is trying to 
brand do more branding with the, with the club because their plan is to sell off the club to somebody else. There's nobody interested at the moment, but they're apparently, according to to Danielle and and I'm sure she knows more than me. Um, they're they're looking to sell the club, even though they have not said it publicly. That's a lot of the the things regarding to this. Um, they honestly, their new logos kind of kind of looks like the New York Knicks. Um, so that's not that's never a good sign. But um, I think this is a long due process for them to sort of um, to sell the club. And so the branding, I think, has to do with that, making it a more enticing um, uh, uh, team for some uh, for a billionaire somewhere to buy. Um, another thing is with that on top of that, uh, there's some I don't know the whole story, um, but apparently Andrew did not pay the full 40 million for Hakimi. And now it, it appears that Real Madrid and Inter will are going to have some uh, legal action. Um, again, I don't know how truthful this is, but it's possible that um, um, I, I don't know how this is going to work. But basically, Real Madrid wants him back because uh, because they made a mistake. Secondly, I don't think Inter paid the full price. So there's a whole different toxic situation with that. But uh, the 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 the, the lo- changing the logo is based on disbranding and trying to um, to attract a um, a bidder for to take over the club. All right, fair enough. Um, I do have one more question, and this is a serious one for yeah. the end. Is how first of all, is Antonio Conte's job on the line tomorrow? Which I think I know the end. Not like you know what I mean. Like, will it? <laughs> More, more fuel to the fire to get him gone tomorrow if they lose. And secondly, if they do lose tomorrow, how toxic do you think the situation will become? Um, no, I think the Inter's expectations are winning the league. Look, you, me, and Daniel all agree they should win the double or he's he basically kaput. Um, but I don't think that's the way Inter Milan view it. They're not looking at it that way. They're looking at it because we have to win the – basically winning the league is their priority. So even if they get bounced tomorrow – um, I don't. I think pressure will 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 go up because they they're going to lose to a team that uh, if they lose would be to a team that's trying to win the title as well. Um, their biggest threat to the throne, if you will. Um, so I don't think it necessarily it adds pressure, but it doesn't. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It it, it doesn't make it un- insufferable because their entire thing is winning the league. And if they go into extra time and lose on a free goal or they lose on penalties, then it's a different story. And I don't think pressure even mounts that much. But I think, again, they'll gain much more from winning this game and losing this game. Will, 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 you'll think about the Antonio Conte situation, but I think it would be, be dangerous to get rid of him mid, uh, mid, in the middle of the season or before the season's end because you're not going to get anyone else in there that's better um, I mean, the only people really on the table is bringing Baspaletti, getting sorry, maybe, and then Allegri's still out there. But I don't, but again, I, I, like we said before, I think Allegri wants the Roma job. So I don't think he's going to be interested in that job either. So um, pr- there will be pressure, pressure will mount if he loses, but not to the point where they're going to get rid of him, but to the point where pressure will, will rise and it will put more, much more pressure on them winning uh, the league and trying to get that upper hand against AC Milan. But I think Antonio Conte is safe until the end of the season. At the end of the season, then Rome, or sorry, then Inter will make a decision. But at, at the moment, I, I think it's it's hard pressed to believe that they're going to get rid of him just because they lost in the Copa Italia. Yep. All right. 
All right, that's all the time we have today, ladies and gentlemen, for our show. Um, join me and Elliot and James tomorrow night as we try to do a Bundesliga show hosted by me because, you know, um, I, abs- <laughs> I absolutely love hosting and um, giving everybody a hard time. Um, this was great tonight. Yeah, I this was good. We haven't done an Olympico podcast in a little while, so I, I enjoyed this. Yeah, this was an emergency. Um, me and Elliot just did it on the state of our pants. Um, hopefully all three of us came back together again. Do listen to Elliot and Danielle shelled out. Um, Danielle's a much better host than me, <laughs> to be fair. Um, I think the, no, she's I, asked I, more questions I, that are specific to the, the games, which I think it, it gives her – it takes the pressure off a little bit so she can just sort of ask the questions in the right direction and things like that. I, listen to the episode we did today. Me and Danielle had a very interesting conversation about the Ed and Jekko situation at Roma and sort of what will happen with that. So um, we did it with today. It's, it's just been posted as well. So make sure to check that out as well.